You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, fantastic and formidable fans and friends. Welcome to Good Job Brain, your <laughs> weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. This is episode three, and of course, I'm your humble host, Karen. And along with me are our cunning and capable cast of co-host contestants. You say that you're so, you say that you're humble, but you seem so proud of yourself whenever you read one of your alliterative. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get people pumped. She's proud. Woo, proud let's proud do this. Humble. Yeah, let's Go. do it. And here we have. I'm Colin. I'm Dana. I'm Chris. Woo! Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Let's jump into our first general trivia uh, segment, which is pop quiz, hot shot. Here, let me get my uh, random trivial pursuit card. Are these and really selected at random? These are <laughs> these are random. And today we actually have buzzers today. Yay! <laughs> Is that annoying? <laughs> <laughs> no more fake buzzing. Now we actually have official uh, answer buzzers. Here we go. Blue Wedge, geography. What was named the Sandwich Islands by James Cook in 1778? <laughs> Colin. Uh, is it Bermuda? Incorrect. Mm. So we know there are a bunch of islands. Yeah. Chris. Oh, I was going to say like a Cuban sandwich. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the correct answer is Hawaii. That's oh. what I was thinking. But I oh, really? Didn't want to say it. The island. Why didn't you want to say it? The I stakes said, for being wrong are too said, high. <laughs> but Chris and I were wrong first. Uh, yeah. You had nothing know. to lose. Well, now, now I feel more safe. Maybe What's I'll, the explanation? Uh, the islands were named for the fourth Earl of Sandwich, John Montague. Hmm. Now, is he the Earl of Sandwich credited with inventing the sandwich, or was that a different Earl of Sandwich? I think that's an Earl of Sandwich. I think okay. that's a different one. Okay. Different Earl of Sandwich? Several Earls. Well, sure. Right. Yeah. Well, clearly, clearly yeah. there were yeah. several Earls of Sandwich. The, yeah, they yeah. got the title. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, Pink Wedge Culture. What 80s hair band alum had a recurring role on TV's Gilmore Girls? Oh, I don't think I've passed five minutes oh, of Gilmore Girls. so bad Girls. I don't watch that show. Uh, no uh, one? Colin? I'll take a guess just because I'm free. Uh, yeah. Vince Neil? I don't know. Incorrect. <laughs> John Bon Jovi. Incorrect. That was going to be my. <laughs> the correct answer is Sebastian Bach. Uh, Sebastian from uh, Skid Row, right? Yep, from yeah. Skid Row. Yeah. Uh-huh. We're doing poorly on this card. Yeah, I know this is not a good card for us. Born Sebastian Bierk. Well, you guys always complain about <laughs> oh, Trivial Pursuit being no. easy, and now now it's hard. No. When have I ever? Okay, <laughs> Yellow Wedge. Name two of the three women to appear on circulating U.S. currency. Dana. I feel uh, like I buzzed in he, first, he but okay. okay. <laughs> no. I, so Chris did beat me, but I, I can answer this question. I'm going to answer it anyway. I'm taking you, it. Why don't you give one of them, and I'll give the other one. All right, Sacagawea? Yes, and uh, um, Susan B. Anthony. Correct. Yeah. There's one more, too. Um, two, are they real-life women? Yes. There's, there's Sacagawea, there's Susan B. Anthony on U.S. currency, and then there's, uh, I mean. Betsy Ross? In no, class. no Betsy Ross. Geez, circulating U.S. currency. There's none on any bills. On coins, there's presidents, and there's a Sacagawea dollar. There's a Susan B. Anthony dollar. And then, yeah. oh, 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 I mean, I want it like on, on, on gold coins, they have like 
liberty, but like mm-hmm. yeah, just an allegorical a, figure doesn't <laughs> right. Anything, yeah, right? it is Helen Keller. Uh, huh. What's Helen Keller on? I didn't specify. Oh, that's huh. frustrating. Oh, okay. Do you think she's on one of the state coins? Like, oh, oh. yeah. I bet that's it. I bet hey, that's it. look yeah, at that. Yeah. For huh. which state? <laughs> to the <laughs> internet. <laughs> All right, Purple Wedge. What novel begins with Alex and his three droogs wearing flip <laughs> horror show right. boots nope. and considering a bit <laughs> of the ultraviolet Chris? I. I feel like uh, I, I, I'm sorry. I buzzed he in too early. Himself. I disqualified myself, so I won't say. Colin? Uh, it's uh, Clockwork Orange by uh, Anthony Burgess. Yes. We didn't ask for the author, but uh, thank <laughs> you. Just over to you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what a show okay. off. Okay, Green Wedge, what color is a giraffe's tongue? Oh, it is, mul- it is multiple oh. choice. <laughs> so one oh, in three I- chances. Blue, orange, or pink? Dana. Blue. Correct. Hmm. And scientists think that the color may prevent sunburn. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> are they sticking? I mean, are, I know, they, are they, they more at risk of sunburned <laughs> tongues than other animals? I, yeah. No their idea. tongues are so long, they reach them out to get the leaves uh, on the tree. Uh, well, okay. well, they're they're 15 feet closer to the sun, aren't they? They are. Right. Yeah, true. And that's... <laughs> Last question, Orange Wedge. What women's item did Joe Namath endorse and where in 70s commercials? Colin. That was uh, Legs Pantyhose. Correct. That's well, funny. Just... I was going to guess Legs Pantyhose, but you seemed like you knew it. <laughs> <laughs> My eyes lit up. Mm-hmm. He was alive during those commercials. So, oh, burn. What, <laughs> what, were, what were these commercials about? Uh, I is it I, just him being like it's so strong even a so I if, if I remember it was, I think if I remember the commercial like it starts off with a close up of the foot and kind of you know moves up the ankle and then you realize that it's Joe Namath and I think <laughs> the point uh, is is like even on me these look sleek and sexy uh, or something like that okay, I, I, right. if I remember okay. it's uh, I've seen it on those classic commercials maybe he's like especially on me <laughs> sexy strictly a comfort issue and we also have uh, our Kickstarter backer question this one is from. Alex Waro from San Francisco, California. And I don't, th- this, this question in particular, I'm not really counting on anybody actually getting, but it is interesting. Mm. So when, or, or what century, and what country was the first hot air balloon duel fought? Whoa. Duel, all right. When and in what country? Yeah. Colin. Colin. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess China because these things. It's always China. It's always like they. They were the first to do it. I don't know. 10th 10, century China. Incorrect. Chris. 18th century France. Wow. Wait, is that right? <laughs> well, France is right. <laughs> I was guess France too. Yeah. It is uh, technically the 19th century, and so in 1808 in France, uh, there was a duel between two Frenchmen, and this wasn't like a Cirque du Soleil spectacle for the people. It was actually two men who were pissed off at each other, (laughs) um, quarreling over like a famous dancer as a mistress. Uh, They believed that they had elevated minds so that they had to naturally duel on hot air balloons (laughs) um, in the sky. So the the two guys climbed onto their own hot air balloon and uh, they flew, they were in air. And they dueled, and uh, so it's between uh, Mr. de Grandpre and uh, Monsieur de Peak. And de Peak first uh, fired, and he missed. And de Grandpre, de Grandpre <laughs> aimed, 
and actually, you know, shot, hit his balloon, the uh, DePeak's balloon, and the basket tipped, and DePeak fell headfirst to his oh. death. Wow. He Whoa. Cheated. I would, I would <laughs> be cheated. Yeah, you, yeah. You, yeah. I, well, I mean, that's the crafty way to do it, but I don't know. I thought the point of the duel was you're supposed There's, to shoot them, like shoot the person. Oh yeah, not that it's supposed to be honorable. Although they were, <laughs> yeah, it is supposed to be honorable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know the saying, Dana. There's no honor in balloon dueling. <laughs> well, <laughs> the old saying. Well, it's an old. It's an old. You can't trust people in balloon. It's Maybe an old French saying. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Alex, uh, Alex loves awesome things, and so the first recorded blunderbuss duel fought from hot air balloons seemed very appropriate. And Alex, his interesting fact is that he has a birthmark shaped like a Maine lobster. All right. Didn't specify huh. where, but somewhere. <laughs> Please do but, not but send us a picture. But where the lobster is from. <laughs> and we have a second uh, Kickstarter backer question. This one is from Jack Young from Richmond Hill, Ontario in Canada. His question is, where is the largest desert in the world? Chris. Antarctica. Yeah. You are yeah. correct. Because a desert, it's nothing to do with sand and cactuses and everything to do with the amount of rainfall you yep. get. That is correct. A desert, a desert is classified as an area that receives an extremely low amount of precipitation. So Jack saw this on a TV show, and he thought it was interesting. Yeah, and Jack so loves video games and movies. All right. Good job, everybody's brains. Uh, let's get into our topic of the week. And today we're going to be dishing about some outrageously luxurious gourmet foods and the reasons and stories behind why some ingredients are just so gosh darn expensive. But we would eat craft dinner. Of course we would. We just eat more. And buy really expensive ketchups with it. But before we get into champagne wishes and, and caviar dreams, um, I want to share a few recent uh, bizarre uh, food-related headlines. So let me let me try to get my best old-timey 1940s uh, voice. This week in the news. Extra, Freedom on the march. So here here's some actual headlines, uh, for recent headlines. Uh, extra, extra. Sex-starved flies drown their woes in alcohol. <laughs> Did you guys see this story? No. I, I, it, I was one of those where I saw the headline but didn't actually click through it, yeah. So um, there was so there were a bunch of scientists, and uh, they found out they would do an experiment. They would put male flies into a container with a female fly that just made it. And so basically the female isn't really in the mood, you know, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and, and so she basically would try to get away or even kick the males. The scientists kept the, the male flies kind of trying for, for a long time. And after that experience, they would take the rejected flies and put them in vials. And they're given the choice of a normal food or food laced with alcohol. And most of these male flies, sex starved male flies would, go get plastered and actually choose the alcohol-laced food. You know what I'm talking about, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like my Saturday nights. <laughs> and uh, our second headline is, Meatball-eating bear stalks California neighborhood. A large black bear entered a California garage in Southern California, and he opened up the refrigerator and Ate Costco meatballs hmm. from they this are tasty. house. Yeah, <laughs> yes. 
So so this dude comes back to his house and saw the bear was just camping out, like eating these Costco meatballs, and was like, "Whoa, I gotta get out of here." And, you know, <laughs> and it like, was like, "I was like, whoa, my meatballs." <laughs> also, a bear. <laughs> Damn you, bear! All right, so let's start talking about our expensive foods, and you know, what are some of the things that you think of when you think of like luxurious, rich food ingredients? I mean, caviar, first thing that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, caviar. Think, like, yeah. Foie gras. Foie gras, definitely. Truffles is one. Mm-hmm. Definitely one of the things I always associate with like luxury is, is Kobe beef and Wagyu beef. Mm. Well, the, the term Wagyu uh, actually means Japanese cow. The that Wagyu seems so beef. unexotic now. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Um, and so Wagyu, you can actually, I mean, that th- this can actually refer to Japanese style beef, no matter where it's produced. Uh, it is produced uh, in the United States. It is produced in Australia, and it's all called Wagyu. Mm. Kobe beef mm-hmm. is beef specifically from Kobe. So if somebody is selling you Kobe beef, and it's not made in the Japanese, you know, prefecture that contains the the, the city of Kobe, they are ripping you off. Right. So um, so Kobe can be Wagyu, but not the other way around. Exactly. Kobe well, necessarily. Kobe way, is yeah. Wagyu. Wagyu right. is not Kobe. Not necessarily. Finkel right. is Einhorn. <laughs> Finkel, Einhorn, Finkel, Einhorn. Wagyu uh, from the U.S. is generally crossbred with with something else, uh, like it's crossbred with with uh, Angus. The, the the beef that you eat these days, right, is not is not produced by cows just sort of randomly roaming the pasture and having sex with other cows, right? I mean, it's all like <laughs> they're they're making sure that the cows are they they, they sort cows. of very carefully manage <laughs> not, it not so they can have. Purebred cows, but not inbred cows. You know, just you know, making sure that they continue to uh, put in certain genetic materials and make sure it's all cool. So, what makes what yeah. makes wagyu or Kobe beef so delicious? Like, it, it is a very fatty type of meat. Yeah, well, it's not. It's not that there's like more fat. It's that the fat is more consistently marbled throughout, and also because the um the like the muscle fibers are are longer, which makes it more tender. Um, and and to do this, I mean, there's a whole various. I mean, a lot of people have heard these stories about they feed the cows beer and they feed the cows only grains, and it's a certain diet, and then they massage the cow to make sure you know. Wait, um, when it's alive. Yeah, when it's yeah. alive. Yeah, oh, these, that's the, so cute. Oh, yeah, the cows, the cows up until the point at which they are brutally murdered are treated yeah. very, this very well. It's pretty good. So <laughs> <laughs> getting yeah. beer, getting massage. Until the, right up until the bullet through the head. They are having a good life. Uh, yeah, and, 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 you know, all of that is true. And, of course, I mean, obviously, you know, different breeders will have different ways that they that they do it. But um, it's not that you can just take any cow and just fill them up with beer. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. No, it's, nor it's can a, you, you can't convert him. Like, you know, the cow's already full grown. Just switch it over to beer and yeah, yeah. massage it's like and... well I'm, I'm massaging my cow it's like well why <laughs> you know to turn him into wagyu beef like, that's not actually how it works it's specific breeds but i mean over the over the over the years they had done this that the massaging was because there wasn't really a whole lot of room for cows to walk around in the mountainous you know sort of uneven ter- terrains of japanese farms uh... or you know in a small space so they would massage it because it couldn't go out and get exercise so it was, it was a way of maintaining or replacing the exercise not yeah they're not treating they're not luxuriating them. oh no 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 <laughs> No. So put on, um, some, put on some Enya, yeah. some, <laughs> some incense, some giant cucumber slices over the cow's eyes. <laughs> yeah, oh, that so cute. So now you know when you go to buy, uh, you know, Kobe beef versus Wagyu beef. Even though it says Wagyu, it doesn't necessarily mean they flew it in from Japan. They, don't, they... don't be tricked. <laughs> right, right. There are so many uh, dishes out there that are very expensive. I, I feel like one of the common ingredients among all these expensive, you know, version of burger or pasta or whatever is truffles the truffle yes. and it's like 
how and why are truffles so expensive? And again, it goes to rarity. It's not like, oh, mm-hmm. someone has a, I put up a truffle farm and I just, right. you know, farm truffles. Like they're, <laughs> they grow in the wild and you have to have uh, trained, specially trained animals to mm-hmm. go find them. The pig. As you say, you can't just plant them anywhere because they need the right humidity and the right pH balance in the soil and the and right, the right, and the right other microorganisms. Mm-hmm. And somebody the... else owns those trees in that land. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and those pigs. Yeah. And do you guys know why the pigs are such awesome truffle hunters? I, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. What is it? So the, the truffle hunting pigs usually are, are, are girl pigs or girl piggies. And um, it's innate for them to, to naturally seek out truffles because in truffles, there is a compound that smells, you know, to the pigs similar to a sex pheromone <laughs> of a, a boy boar saliva. Uh. So the girl piggy's like, oh, man, I'm going to find myself a stud. <laughs> and it's like, oh, what is this? It's a mushroom. And the farmer's like, thank you. Oh, how disappointing for those girls. <laughs> I know. Oh. The food episode is always the sex episode. There's so much crossover. Every day they're like, why are these guys hiding under trees from me? I don't understand. <laughs> Man, where are all the boys? And the most <laughs> shocking truffle fact for me, so shocking and I can't believe it, that truffle oil that you, you see, there's truffle fries, truffle whatever. Oh, the salad is sprinkled with truffle oil mm. on menus. You're like, wow, that sounds so luxurious and indulgent. Truffle oil actually doesn't contain truffles. Did you not? You, you did not know this. Did I, not know this. I, this I, is. I, I, know I you know either. how I know this I because I watch either. shows with Gordon Ramsay on it. And whenever somebody uses truffle oil, he's like, "You donkey! Truffle oil doesn't have truffles in it. It's perfume." Which is what it is. It's 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 like perfumed did olive it ever, oil. It I did smells it, like truffles. I, I mean, is it just the cheap version of something that used to have truffles, or did truffle oil never was? I don't think that there is a way to take actual truffles and make. I mean, I, I guess you them. can you can just sort of drown truffles in oil and hope that the flavor is infused. But I think to right. get that that potency, you'd is, have to waste a lot of truffles. Uh, to right, do that. it, wouldn't, it right. wouldn't be worth your time, right, or your money. So what's what's actually in truffle oil? Mostly, it's olive oil, which has a an artificial flavor. Yeah, using like a synthetic agent mm-hmm. that mm. smells a perfume. lot like yeah. yeah. It is mm-hmm. it is perfume. Man, that just totally blows my mind. Well, so those are some of the common expensive ingredients. I'm going to be talking about um, some of the very expensive, bizarre ingredients. Mm. And Dana, you go first because <laughs> yours is yours is truly bizarre. Yeah. So how do we, how do we start this? How All do right. we start it? So um, I found a food from Sardinia. It's called kasu marzu, and it's otherwise known as maggot cheese. <sighs> and it's it's actually like pecorino cheese so it's a um a sheep cheese that they uh slice some of the rind off and set it outside and cheese flies come and lay their eggs in it mm-hmm. and mm. now, and now so this, this I've, doesn't, I've had cheese flies. this has happened to before and then the next step of course is that they throw it away because it's garbage right no this cheese is special so that <laughs> so the flies go into it. the maggots like eat the cheese they start the kind of the decomposition process so the cheese <sighs> becomes like soft and creamy and squishy oh. It has lagrimas. It has tears. It starts sweating. It's uh-huh. it's gonna return to but the isn't earth. That that's cheese. Cheese. Right? Yeah. So, like, and creamy, it's full of maggots. Yeah. The creaminess is actually like maggot poop, right? Because they're eating the cheese and they're 
expelling what they're processing oh. it for they're, they're, you. yeah they're processing it so <laughs> so the thing is you have to if you're going to eat this cheese you have to get to it before the maggots die because once the maggots die in it it's poison like it's going to make you sick you might die so so you need to eat it with the maggots still alive oh <laughs> so, good god so and what is this so. called so i can never order it and make sure that if i see it oh. on the menu i leave the restaurant so it's really hard to get that's that's another thing so it's rare it's they say it costs twice as much as pecorino cheese. Oh, okay. I don't even know if you could really get it in the States. but um, I don't think so. <laughs> it's called it's kas- Kasu Marzu. Yeah. If you ask for maggot cheese, they'll know what you're talking, know yeah, what you're yeah, talking yeah. about. I went into McDonald's and I asked if they had, um, you A know, instead of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I wanted to get the chicken bacon ranch, but instead of the jack cheese, I asked for the maggot cheese. Here's, here's a trick if you're going to eat it. You need to cover it before you put it in... Like, put your hand over it before you put it in your mouth because the maggots can jump about six inches oh, so they might God. they might jump into your eyes <laughs> <laughs> so wait 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 you're supposed to eat it with the maggots still in the cheese you, like can you just you like can. knock on the side of the cheese and they come running out or something no okay so the way you get rid of the maggots if you don't want to eat the maggots no i do not <laughs> you put them in a paper bag and you seal it and you'll hear like little taps against the paper bag and that's the maggots like jumping out of the cheese because they can't get enough air huh. and then they die God. Uh, yeah okay well you know what thank you very much dana i'll remember these helpful tips when i don't eat this food it's, well it's an aphrodisiac oh i see you should know about it i'll stick yeah. with chocolates and oysters right. thank you very much it's, is it is it an aphrodisiac because after a woman gets so disgusted by that they'll have sex with pretty much anybody <laughs> like yeah good by comparison well, yeah and you might be drinking they drink a lot of wine with it you'd so have to, to yeah. you'd, I'd, I'd have to have three drinks before i even ordered it <laughs> oh my god well i can follow on to that actually um not not things um, speaking of maggot cheese yeah, speaking <laughs> speaking of maggot cheese um uh so i wanted to talk about uh something that i had um heard about which is called uh dojo nabe uh not like the cobra kai dojo from Crime Kid, but like <laughs> dojo, dojo nabe is um Sweet dojo, yes, dojo so, so. is a type of uh fish an eel like fish uh, but it's a fish it's called uh, the, the loach in english um dojo and uh, dojo nabe, what they basically do is they take a block of tofu uh, and they put it into a bowl and then they take boiling hot oil um, and then they put the boiling hot oil into the bowl with the tofu. This is all this is all prepared so- table side, of course. Sounds okay. good so far. Sounds it's good like so fried, far. Yeah. Yeah. And then sure. they take the the live um, loaches and they put it. No, all right, we boil lobsters alive and stuff like that. But they take the live loaches and they put it into the into the boiling oil. And with the loach and the loaches um, are not are they are none too happy about this. Wait, I'm sorry. What are loaches? They're a oh, little little baby fish. They look like little eels. Loaches. Okay. Loaches. Little baby fish. So they're they're about you know a couple a couple of centimeters long at this point. And they and they pour them into the oil with the tofu. And the loaches go, oh sugar. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. Um, and they're like it's super hot in here. Oh look, a cold piece of tofu. Uh, I'll burrow into the tofu uh, because it's cooler in here. They will seek refuge. So they will then all the fish will burrow inside of the tofu where they of course die because the tofu is not uh, the tofu is not <laughs> the tofu is not cold enough or won't be cold enough to keep them from uh, being cooked but what you have is a piece of tofu with fish in it that have all been freshly cooked in, in oil so if you think about it it is it is not very nice to do to the fish but it's very but clever it's probably, so but it's probably pretty delicious I wonder yeah. if you could put other things in the oil and make like the fish <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you are so evil. No, I'm not. <laughs> you can do it with bears, but who has that much tofu? You, yeah. o- you, o- you need a <laughs> gigantic block of tofu to get the bear to burrow you, inside. You, you lure them in with, uh, with Costco meatballs. With the- <laughs> Make a really big Costco meatball. <laughs> Come on, bears. Come into this block of tofu. My sweet tofu house. I spent $12,000 on tofu just for this meal. <laughs> this moment. God, it's delicious. And that Colin, was- uh, you have... Uh, Another uh, weird yeah. animal-related expensive. Fu- food. Yeah, all of the yeah. As we're getting here, it's uh, a lot of uh, crazy animal involvement, and uh, you know, so this one is not super, super, super expensive, but it was just so strange, and it is rare, and it is considered a gourmet delicacy in France. Um, uh, so this is um, reading. Uh, got into this by reading about uh, Francois Mitterrand. And uh, Who's that? Uh, he was the uh, ex-president of France. Uh, died in '96, uh, and uh, he—I uh, started. I stumbled across a story about his last meal, and got into uh, discovering the ortolan, uh, which is a French delicacy. It's a little bird, the ortolan bunting. And I'll come back to Francois Mitterrand in a second. Sounds but like a baseball term. It does, yeah. The ortolan <laughs> buntings. Oh, I love those guys. <laughs> They're gonna have a great season this year. Um, the ortolan is a tiny little bird. Uh, it's a bird about the size of your thumb or your big. So they are indigenous Whoa. to, they're tiny, tiny little birds, um, and it's a member of the bunting family. It's a p- p- specific type of the bunting. Uh, they're indigenous to uh, regions of France, and it's been considered a delicacy, going back to Roman times, to eat the ortolan. Now, you're okay, I've eaten birds before, chickens, whatever. Yeah, yeah. The, it's an unusual method. When you eat the ortolan... You, is it, sorry, is it the whole ortolan? You eat the whole ortolan, and I'll get there. How, would you, how yes. would you debone it? Well, it's they're so, so tiny. tiny. Yeah. They're so tiny. So yeah. the, the, the delicacy gourmet method of eating ortolan is you, you catch the ortolan, you force feed it, um, usually millet. I've read also some figs, I guess, in Roman times. Man, the do. French really love they force feeding. They love the force feeding. feeding. Mm-hmm. You force feed the ortolan uh, until it's ready to be eaten. You drown it alive. I mean, I guess he's alive until he drowns. You drown it in... Because the fear uh, tastes good. <laughs> you drown it in almanac, which is uh, a brandy, a, a very old type of brandy. Uh, so you drown the little force-fed bird in brandy. He dies. You then roast the bird. You pluck off the feathers. Um, and I read oh, you also... Good. Yeah, you, t- you pluck off the feathers. Uh, you roast the bird, and then you eat the bird all in one bite. You put the entire oh. roasted ortolan into your mouth. Mm-hmm. I, I've read that the sort of the preferred method is uh, you hold it by the beak, you put it in your mouth, you bite off everything except the beak. This is the entire bird now mm-hmm. in your mouth. Bones, I mean, everything. And organs. Organs, uh, force-fed and roasted, and you yeah. and you basically chew it down. You chew it all in one glorious little bite. Now, the weird little so, ritual... Sorry, yeah. why not the beak? The I beak, think it's the beak's just, the poison part. I think it's just <laughs> too crunchy, maybe, or too indigestible. I, I, right. I, I maybe it's just because it gives you a little handle. It's like the drumstick on it. Oh yeah, 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 sure, yeah. sure, sure. Uh, but the other weird ritual around eating the ortolan is that you you drape a napkin over your head. This mm-hmm. is the traditional way of eating it. You drape a large table napkin over your head and you huddle under it while you're eating the bird. And it, it apparently is <laughs> to do two things. Is the one thing is is as the gourmet, you want to get all the aromas and. And every just little bit of succulence of the ortolan. Um, 
the uh, the uh, you know uh, another possibility is that it is just too gross for other people to see. <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I think it's that. I think it's you're pretending that. you're Sylvester and you're eating Tweety Bird and you're like under the little. <laughs> but there's a very like poetic reason for it too, which again, and this goes back to the tradition of time, is that you you're covering yourself from God so that God doesn't see you eating this little songbird that you have force fed and ro- <laughs> drowned alive in brandy and roasted and eaten whole. Mm. And they do. They talk yeah. about that you cover yourself with the thing to to hide yourself from God as you eat this. Um, another common practice, I guess, uh, in, in Roman times anyway, and still in France, was blinding the birds. So uh. they, yeah, I mean, it's this poor bird cannot catch a break. He's just flying <laughs> through the forest one day. Next thing you know, uh, they He's would bl- blind. Please force they, fed. They would blind Why? them so that it messes with their day-night uh, circadian rhythm so that they, essentially, they wouldn't know when to stop eating, I guess. Uh, it's like little blind oh. Well, I think, I think <laughs> this is why... <laughs> little Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle blind no, You're yeah. Michelangelo and you're Donatello. Just set his clock back. It'll fool him. Uh, but I think the French figured out that, you know, that we don't need to blind them if we can just force feed them. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so back to Francois Mitterrand. Um, so this has been a delicacy uh, for, for centuries in France. Um, and when he was on his deathbed, uh, the practice had become outlawed at the time. But oh. he, as part of his hours and hours and hours long last meal, he requested some ortolans as part of his meal. And, of course, found a chef willing to prepare them. Even though, even though it was illegal at the Are time. Are they cute? They're very cute. Oh. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a bird the things. size of your thumb. Oh. <laughs> yeah, popcorn oh. chicken. Oh. Yeah, so, the, yeah. the OG popcorn chicken yeah, <laughs> yeah. it is um, it is yeah. the original popcorn right. chicken mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Um, so, so my research to bizarre expensive food is also related to, to animals. Um, and this one is called the Kopi Luwak Coffee. And this type of coffee, which is known to be the world's uh, most rare smoothest most flavorful most awesomest coffee this is involved in something pooping the coffee it does That's the one. <laughs> you got it <laughs> um so this coffee uh it's about 300 dollars per pound and only 500 pounds of these beans are, are produced each year in uh, sumatra and so yep you're right there is a, a smallish uh, foraging little <laughs> tropical <laughs> raccoon called the palm a uh, c- civet the or civet. civet civet i think civet. it's a civet very classy. A Honda Civet. <laughs> and uh, th- this little raccoon would look for the sweetest uh, coffee fruit, or I guess coffee cherries. Mm-hmm. And uh, they would swallow the fruit whole. Right. And the animal in his stomach, they only digest the, the fleshy fruit part. So the undigested coffee beans uh, pass through the system. 
and uh, people <laughs> people collect the beans afterwards. Yeah. They they clean it, of course, and you know they they roast and proceed naturally. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> proceed your usual coffee uh, roasting ritual. Now, now, the reason that they take them out of the poop as opposed to just grabbing, <laughs> as opposed to just grabbing off the bush, it, uh, there's something like it changes the chemical composition, yeah. right? So, so the, the the little raccoons have this unique enzyme in their GI system, and it penetrates. The, you know, all the fruit is being digested, but these enzymes and acids penetrate through the coffee beans and neutralize the the bitter oils in the beans, and. It is said that it causes 25 otherwise unreachable flavors in the bean <laughs> to be released during mm. brewing. So I'm sure they're the flavors are poop, <laughs> shark, <laughs> more poop and poop. And so, yep, that's the the most expensive coffee in the world is because it is animal eat that. forged it from must poop. Be pre-processed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they're not farming it. It's just. There's this is how many raccoons live in the forest. Yeah, so I, I don't know if they have just a bunch of pet raccoons sort of at bay and be like, <laughs> feast, yeah. you guys. Today is the day. Here you go, guys. <laughs> Here's a bunch it. of newspapers. <laughs> go to your business. Because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. They don't make that that much. Of it, yeah, they so. don't, they yeah. don't yeah. make yeah. The, that much coffee to begin with. <laughs> if they were French, they would just force feed. Them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. French, it would be at Starbucks right now. <laughs> I like little uh, raccoons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're giving a little, yeah. little bowl of coffee beans, a little tiny copy of Uncle John's bathroom reader. Yeah. I'm, I'm imagining little tiny reading glasses on his nose. This is just another one of these foods that where I'm like, someone had to be the first one. Like, you know, like I, be, I believe that it is good mm. coffee, but who, who, someone, you know what would make good coffee, Roger, is if we... <laughs> the cat poop didn't work out yeah. so great. <laughs> Maybe... Honey, the civet ate the coffee again. Yeah. And, you know, food is scarce, so they're just like, we'll maybe, maybe we'll wash it. We'll wash it. Maybe it's, it's they still seem, good. They it's still good, they honey. Seem it's still have, good. They seem to have passed relatively. They still look like coffee beans. Let's let's wash them real good, yeah. you know. And, I, well, and I like Data's idea that this was, like, number nine in a series of animals that they had tried. <laughs> This is definitely the best one so far. I don't know if it's the best though. I think like, we should be. We should be good. I know. Should we? Should we move on to uh, having the bear eat them? Yeah, after he ate the meatballs. Let's have the bear eat the civet with the coffee. Beer. That is the best. Yeah, coffee. Yeah, yeah. And the civet that came out tasted pretty good too. There are twenty nine flavorful. <laughs> Oh. Oh. All right. Well, everyone, at this point in our activities, I would like to announce that I have prepared a special food-related uh, trivia quiz for you all. Yay! Uh, right. This is a type of question that has certainly come up on our pub trivia nights before, so it's uh, important stuff to know. So here we go. Here's how this puzzle is going to work. Um, I am going to tell you there are many, many um, uh, names of foods in the that we use every day here in America uh, that come from foreign languages. So what I'm going to tell you is the English translation of the name of the food, huh. and you are going to tell me what the common foreign word is that we use in English for that food. For example, if I were to say wagyu, you or excuse me, if I were to say Japanese cow, you would say wagyu. wagyu. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, are we buzzing in? Uh, yes, we are buzzing in. Um, so we'll start with something a little bit simple. Um, the first one is fat liver. 
Uh, Dana was first. Foie gras. Yes, foie gras means a fat liver. Uh, little donkey. Karen. A burrito. Yes, very good. Small oven. Oh, God, 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 God. Oh, petty four. Yes, yes Wait, that's right. Like petite four? Petty four. Petty four. Petit four means a small oven. Yes, forno in Italian, uh, four in French. Um, nice. Pierced body. Karen? Kebab? No. Oh, Sorry. that was a good guess. Pierced body. I'll give you a hint. We've actually had this question before in trivia. We got it right. I'll give you another hint. I'll give you another <laughs> hint. Language. Pierced body. Another hint. The, the language is actually Japanese. Language. Oh, wait. Okay. Dana? Yakitori? Not Yakitori. No. Oh, no. Was... no, no, no. Karen, you already answered. Colin gets a, gets a, gets a chance. I was going to guess Yakitori as it's well. It's not Yakitori. Uh, it actually, the, the, the pierced body is the, the, the Japanese are sort of talking oh. around it. Oh, okay, Karen, do you want to try again? <laughs> Sashimi. Sashimi, oh. yes. The idea there is not pierced body, but cut meat. They're, they're giving uh. it a little bit of a, of a polished edge there by saying pierced body. Yes. Uh, sashimi, of course, being uh, the type of sushi that has no rice, that is simply slices of prepared or uh, raw fish. How about little ears? Oh, oh, uh, 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 God. It's a little bit more obscure. This one's from uh, Italian. Uh, Dana? Is it like orchiette, the it, little pasta? It is orchiette, yes. Yes, oh, yes the little call. ear-shaped Good pasta. Good one. Um, how about little fat one? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Means little fat one. Oh. Dana is rocking these out. Yeah. Gorditas? Gordita. Yeah. Yes. Oh. It's a little yeah. fat one. Gordita. Gordita yeah. is in gordo, gordo. As in fat. Gordo, gordo, yes. fat. Let's do the last. This is the last one. It's a little tough. Um, quill, as in a quill pen. Like feather quill. Yeah, like a feather quill with the, the idea that it's a, 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 a pen. That's your hint. Mm. Quill. Quill. Karen. I'm going to go with kebab again. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is not kebab. Oh, Here's your hint. This is also good, from good Italian. Guess. This is also from Italian. Um, the object itself is actually shaped. Uh, it is a It has a cylindrical shape, uh, like a quill. Yes. Guessing penne. Penne, oh, absolutely. Wow, the word, so the word penne comes from penna, meaning quill or feather, and it is a cognate of the English word pen. Wow, Ooh. that's a good one. Yeah, you were rocking. I think that, I, I think, there, I think Dana is the winner of this I like quiz. Food. <laughs> <laughs> I like food. Likes to eat. <laughs> Can I throw in one trivia question? I came across when we were reaching the gourmet. Do stuff. it, Colin. Absolutely. All right, all right. This is, with, a, this, is right. this is a this is a quote. This is a quote. I'm confident one of you guys can get this. This is a quote. I'm going to quote. I want you to tell me who this quote is, whom this quote is attributed to. Come quickly. I am drinking the stars. Oh, I like it. Come quickly. I am drinking the stars. <laughs> I like my drunken aunt. With <laughs> Chris. Vincent Van Gogh. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, that's a good guess. I'll give you one hand. I'll give you one okay. hand. Okay. Come, come quickly. I'm drinking the stars. Uh, this was a religious man. <laughs> I'm going to get it, Karen, because Chris already had a bite at the apple. Right. Dom Perignon. Yes. Whoa. Dom Perignon. Fantastic. Yeah. One. Yeah. So I guess he's, you know, he didn't invent champagne, but he's credited with, like, kind of perfecting it or getting it to our state. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. Wow. Dom Perignon. 
All right. Well, speaking of drinking stars, uh, let's talk about drinking stars and eating gold. Goldschlager. Like, how can something with real gold uh, be so cheap? We, and, and not I poisonous. Remember, yeah, yeah. In college. I well, remember, it's we, pretty we, gross. Right. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, you convince yourself that it's good because you, I'm drinking gold. <laughs> I remember in college, we couldn't get our minds around that. We'd be going, mm. and there was, oh, no, it's not real gold. And no, it is. Right. It's yeah, real yeah, gold. Yeah, Look, it, it says it, on the yeah. label. Yeah. But. Yeah, even at that, we were too cheap to buy uh, Goldschlager. We bought, I, I'm not lying, we bought oh, the knockoff Gold Strike, which is, oh. it was the knockoff brand and oh. came in a plastic bottle. Oh. <laughs> so even cheaper. Did it still have gold inside of well, it? Well, our joke was that it was made with fool's gold inside. <laughs> nice, yeah. nice, nice. That actually, uh, that actually might hurt you if it was, if it was yeah, with I mean, yeah. the reason why you can, I mean, let me, I'm, I'm venturing a guess here, and I'm sure that Karen, have you, since you've looked this up, you actually know, but I mean, you can pound gold incredibly thinly yeah, yeah. so 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 very 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 thin that it's actually not that much gold at all and that's why you can go like go to the craft store and buy gold leaf yeah, uh, in so very very small quantities actually in goldschlager the actual amount of gold is very very small and it's almost negligible there is probably less than a tenth of a gram of mm -hmm. gold in mm. goldschlager which comes out to about uh in u.s dollars six dollars and twenty cents at current exchange rates. At current, yeah, at, <laughs> oh, as okay. of as of this. So six dollars and twenty cents for the whole bottle divided by how many shots that is. So you're, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're. That's drinking, why your gold slugger shot does not really cost. Yeah, that much. you're you're right. drinking pennies there. You're, yeah, and you're drinking <laughs> and you're drinking. No, no offense to the people at, at Gold Slugger Incorporated who will know that hear this. You're drinking some pretty gross you know, garbage <laughs> alcohol. <laughs> that just happens. What, wait, what is actually gold slugger? The liquor tastes like it's a cinnamon. It's yeah, a it's a cinnamon. It's like cinnamon shops. Yeah, so it's kind of spicy and. Hot and I kind of like it. <laughs> I'm just gonna tell you. That's why I was so quiet during. Oh. The like, Stop making fun of Coach Lager, you guys. It's not that bad. True or false, you guys? Only sparkly wine from the Champagne region of France can be called Champagne. Uh, it depends on who you ask. I think. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the fact that I've bought bottles of champagne that say champagne on them, and they ain't from France. Um, yeah. I'm gonna say true like, and false. They're from like yeah. Jersey, so I'm yeah okay. Yeah. I'll so go with. I think it's it's a little. I I always thought that was the case too. Like that they, they call them California sparkling wines. Mm -hmm. We're here in California that because oh they're not allowed to call it champagne. It's you know. Um, but I was doing a little bit of digging into this, and it is pretty funny. They in Europe and in France that that is the law. Yes, champagne is sparkling wine that comes from the Champagne grapes in the Champagne region of France, nowhere else by law in, in European Union and France. Uh, the reason that we're not held to that standard here in America, and this is we're America. Uh, yeah, we're America. We no, this, this, this is great. This, so this was so important to the French that they essentially worked in this law into the Treaty of Versailles. They, they made it a, essentially a condition upon all the signatories of the Treaty of Versailles that, yes, we agree by law. Wait, I'm sorry. The Treaty of Versailles that ended World War One. That the, the very same. The very <laughs> same. Yes, yes, the one. Yeah, so at the end of World right. War One, you know. They snuck it in. Get, yeah. Getting all the terms of reparations you know um uh they they managed to get all the signatories to agree that yeah champagne only comes from champagne valley but because the u.s senate at the time uh was uh, fearing essentially this would lead to like a league of nations kind of thing they rebelled and the u.s senate did not ratify the treaty of versailles so the u.s has never never ratified the treaty of versailles so we can call anything we want champagne yeah, right we and name we're still wine champagne. Yeah. <laughs> to this day still technically fighting world war one well no so uh i did actually do a little bit more than they did in fact uh in the next administration uh, i don't have it in front of me but it was another act of uh another act of congress uh, senate they passed another 
another amendment officially mm-hmm. ending the hostilities, but with no mention of the champagne. With no mention of champagne yeah. whatsoever. Oh. So in California, sparkling wine can call it champagne if we want to. Mm-hmm. So here's another uh, misconception. Saffron, which is we know is the, probably the most rare spice in the world, is the most expensive by weight. True or false? Well, you just said it was a misconception, so well, I'm going to go with false. I'm, I'm going to say true. I'm going to pretend, because I thought I always thought that was true. I always thought that, yeah, saffron was. Well, it's super expensive, but I mean, I'll, you know, who, who's to say there might not be something else out there? Maybe there's an animal that poops something. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so it is true. It is the most expensive by weight. Um, the labor cost is just insane to collect all these uh, stigmas of mm-hmm. these different flowers. They can go for like $6,000 per kilo, which is $6 per gram. Mm. But the thing is, we don't need to use (laughs) that much saffron. Right. Mm -hmm. So really, an average amount, like in your paella or in your desserts or whatever that Mm, you use saffron for, elixirs, (laughs) uh, you pretty much use an average of $1.50. Worth hmm. of saffron, mm-hmm. so it is true. It is really expensive, but it, it's not. You don't use it a lot. It do, it does. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a friend who's a, a good chef, and he loves cooking. And I, you know, he's got this little container of the saffron, and you you would think it was uranium the way it was packed. Oh it's yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. like four levels deep. It's a, a bag inside of a box, and then it's it's just and then this tiny little. There's a cerebus. It's like the size of your it. thumbnail down in the middle there. Yeah. But uh, what we do use a lot is vanilla, and vanilla actually is the second most expensive spice yeah mm-hmm. it's ubiquitous but you know right. it we just use doesn't a lot. it just doesn't weigh a lot and a little goes a long way exactly when i was researching about vanilla i don't know why all my stories are related to different animals or, or specifically <laughs> rodent animals mm-hmm. do you know what castorium is it's a substance and I'm going to say no. You guys don't know what that no. is. No. <laughs> i'm going to guess it's something to do with castor beans i don't know Ca- castorium is simply, and I'm, I'm gonna say this as classy as possible, but these are not classy words. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Anal beaver juice. <laughs> oh. What? <laughs> so castorium is. <laughs> is it like all the best things in the world come from the butts of little yeah, rodents? Of, of, yeah. <laughs> it seems like it. Right. So castorium um, is a substance produced by the glands of a beaver located between the anus and genitals of a beaver. And guess what? It is in the United States. It is FDA approved. And what you use castorium for is to highlight specifically vanilla flavoring and raspberry flavoring. (laughs) And so butt juice from a beaver (laughs) makes it makes raspberry and vanilla flavored things uh taste a lot better the flavor profiles (laughs) (laughs) the synergy of the two flavors in addition not only is it approved by the fda um they don't have to call it castorium or anal beaver juice (laughs) they worked they workshopped anal beaver juice they (laughs) just did not test they sold it they sold it in giant cans at costco (laughs) and just nobody bought it (laughs) yeah i just can't move these Mm -hmm. so they're officially uh uh, (laughs) referenced simply as natural flavoring that's on everything so when you're reading the ingredients list and it says natural Natural flavoring flavoring. it could be anal beaver juice I'm gonna assume from now on it doesn't as long as it's not the low quality artificial anal beaver juice (laughs) it could be just the good stuff just the the good stuff so yeah Yeah. so 
anytime you're eating a but it's raspberry, raspberry vanilla jam. flavor a it's ras- not even raspberry like raspberry jam flavor. like you'd imagine it in a hot dog or something yeah, yeah <laughs> just, right. it's, not, it's in the ice cream it is it <laughs> might be in your favorite ice cream you don't know just imagine when you're taking that bite of that delicious raspberry ice cream sundae just just <laughs> fluids expressing themselves <laughs> mightily like old faithful from from that mysterious area between the anus and the genitals of a beaver this seemed like such a classy show at the start of the podcast <laughs> we're going to talk about elegant gourmet foods. delicacies <laughs> maggot cheese yeah, yeah. Anal beaver juice. Yeah. Again. Coffee poop. I, again, I wonder how how do they discover this? How? I, <laughs> right. 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 That's true. It, you know, you know, I think so it is. I was I down there for something uh, else. You know and... what? It's like I was sleeping uh, with my mouth open yeah. and a beaver walked by yeah. with some raspberries and sprayed it in and it just tasted horrible until I ate a raspberry yeah. off a nearby tree and it really, it just made the flavor pop. Yeah. Mwah. What can I add to this raspberry to make it taste better? Oh, I know. Mom, yeah. the beaver expressed his anal fluids all over my ice cream again. Just eat it. There's no more ice cream. <laughs> Wow. Oh. <laughs> oh dear! Classy really show. accents the flavor. All right, let's uh, do our final quiz segment. It's a new segment, and I'm gonna call this one "Original Formula," and it's oh. the company edition. So, in "Original Formula," I will give you a quick description of a name origin, and you have to guess what the actual name is. So, today we're gonna do companies and corporation names. And so, for example, I'll say the Greek goddess of victory. Uh, and you guys will say Nike. Nike. Yep. All right. Here we go. And these are these are actually really interesting. I'm gonna position them from easy to hard naturally. And buzz in with your barnyard buzzers. Get them ready. All right. So this first one. Here we go. So the company's original name is Minnesota Mining and Manufacturing Company. Colin. That's a uh, 3M. Correct. Uh. Which is a, a lot easier to say than Minnesota Mining and Manufacturing Company. Indeed. Here we go. The literal translation of this company is Entrusted Heaven. Chris Culler. Would this be Nintendo? Correct. Oh. I snuck this one in for yeah. you. Yeah, oh, thanks. <laughs> in Entrusted Heaven or... Yeah. Entrusted or trust heaven. Oh. Entrusted to heaven. They they made they made gambling products. Right. Uh, actually, yeah. somebody has somebody has since come out and said that it might mean something else. But there's there's a whole lot of like back and forth over what the name of the company actually means. But yeah, it contains the characters. We'll go uh, with that. Trust in heaven. Yeah, for purposes of this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This beverage company was named after founders Roy Allen and Frank Wright. Colin. A&W Root Beer? Correct. Oh. Roy Allen wow. and Frank Wright. There really was an A&W. There was, yeah. Mm. Not just come up with it by a marketing team. Yeah. <laughs> right. The abbreviation of a Latin phrase meaning healthy soul in a healthy body. Oh. oh uh. Colin? Uh, uh, I, I, it's uh, it's um, Asics, the shoes, right? Correct. Yes. Asics. Which wow. it sounds like like a sciencey term, like ASICs, like yeah. you know, kinetics or robotics. I, I just bought a pair of ASICs shoes. <laughs> I swear, uh-huh. it's, a, it's so funny. So wow. it stands for Anima Sana Incorpore Sano, 
which is healthy soul in a healthy body. Whoa. I did not know it was an abbreviation. For yeah. yeah, I really I thought didn't, it was something yeah. sciencey. Uh-huh. I just assumed that it was, they weren't going for basics and forgot the B. That's like, what I always <laughs> <laughs> So this company's name is from the name of the founder, Hans Riegel, and the city that he's from, which is Bonn in Germany. Regal, Regal Bond, Regal Bond, Bond Regal, Hans Regal from Bond, Hans Regal from Bond, from Germany. Oh, Colin Haribo, correct. Oh. Wow, Haribo, the gummy bear company. Oh, and it's interesting because when you think of Haribo, it almost sounds like Japanese. It sounds Japanese, yeah. yeah. Haribo, yeah. Um, yeah, Hans Regal from Bond. Very good, good, Colin. Good one. All right, here we have uh, our last one. The word was invented by Jonathan Swift and used in his book, Gulliver's Travels. It represents a person who is repulsive in appearance and barely human. That was the original meaning. Oh. Darn it. I heard this before, yeah, but what is yeah, the answer? Huh. Yeah. Oh. What's the what what type of company is it? This is a, a tech a online web company. Chris CompuServe. <laughs> uh, incorrect. Good, good try. Good try. We know this term uh, more as a Western term. As a Western term, like a country Western term. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh. oh, oh, I get it. I know. Yahoo? Correct. Yeah, it is, yeah. Dana. It is John, Yahoo. Yahoo. The wow. word was invented by Jonathan, Jonathan Swift. Swift. Right. And it totally doesn't mean Yahoo, let's go. Right, right, right. It means a person who is gross. So it's really closer Yahoo's. to who are these bunch yeah. of Yahoos? Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, wow. And that's the end of our show. So thank you, everybody, for joining me today. And thank you, listeners, for listening in. Uh, hope you guys didn't get too grossed out by, <laughs> by today's topics, but they were interesting nonetheless. Um, and they're never going to forget them ever. If they yeah, come up. exactly. Yeah. Um, thank you all. And again, we're on iTunes. Uh, give us some feedback on the different segments or the different things that you like. We love your input. And we're also on our website, which is goodjobbrain.com. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Later. Calling all trivia nerds, Brittany here, and I host the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast with my best friend, Meredith. Is your next car ride looking like a snooze fest? We've got the cure. Three rounds of awesome trivia every week. Harry Potter, Disney, science, sports, you name it. No more silent car troubles. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Connect, laugh, and learn with your kids, big and small. (laughs) New episodes every week, wherever you get your podcasts, search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast.